0: Hello, and welcome to Signature Witch, the podcast where we explore captivating stories of passionate individuals using their unique talents and gifts to make an impact in the world. I'm your host, Melissa Dudek. What's your signature? On this episode, I had the distinct honor of sitting down with the co owner, co founder of Revved Indoor Cycling, Megan St. Mark. She is a relentless, compassionate leader, mama to Malachi and Mia, military wife to Matt. Thank you both for your service. She's a daughter, a sister, a friend, and a mentor to so many people, myself included. Our conversation is centered around nourishing ourselves, first out of necessity and now for sustainability. We talk about some relatively soul-crushing topics, so in an effort to be fully transparent and to provide somewhat of a trigger warning, please know that we will touch upon subjects including depression, anxiety, burnout, miscarriages, postpartum, and body dysmorphia. Now, I understand that these topics can be emotionally challenging and may stir up some of your own personal experiences or memories. I encourage you to please prioritize your mental well-being and engage with this episode only if you feel as though you're in a safe enough headspace to do so. If at any point during the episode you feel yourself feeling overwhelmed or in need of support, I'd strongly encourage you to reach out to a trusted friend, a family member, or a mental health professional. Please remember that your emotions are always valid and your well-being matters please take care of yourself throughout this episode and know that you are absolutely not alone. We're here to share stories, provide insight, foster understanding, and hopefully, hopefully, shed a little bit of light for anybody who may be stuck in their own darkness. With that, this is Signature Witch. Body people! Introducing our first guest of the pod, Megan St. Mark hey hello my friend there it is there it is there she is
1: love it oh my god i used to know this whole rap too i used to like it was my party trick it was so good i just know about shake your derriere it's probably the best line of the the whole word no that, that, that's my jam like my literal jock jam right there so
0: yes thank you you're welcome i have decided that every guest we have on needs to have a walkout song because I played softball in college I and mean, I we all had walkout songs and like yes. It's just like it just gets you into like Okay, or well, this is my arena. Well, that's like what they, they do it anyway. for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When
1: I worked for the Red Sox, everyone's walkout st- song was so indicative of who they were yeah. as like a person yeah. rather than as a player, which was really kind of cool. I love that. Because you might think someone is going to listen to some like hardcore rap song and they've got this country mix because like yeah. deep down they're a country boy. And then I'm like, well, okay, that's different. But yeah, no, it's, and it gets them in the zone. So I, I appreciated that. That Yay. was, that was dope. Thank that you. So You're welcome. My walkout song is whoop. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> Amazing.
0: Which is actually probably ironic because I think whoop—that's where I discovered whoop was here and revved. So wait, first of all, hi. Hi.
1: We've been chatting for an hour already. We literally have. I was like, oh my
0: god, we need to turn the microphones on because we just keep going off of these deep end conversations and we haven't even started. I love it. So we're here with Meg St. Mark who mm-hmm. is the founder and owner of reverend co-owner, co-founder can't Plydo. Of out Shout out. Um, of reverend Indoor Cycling which orig- originated here in Dedham my hometown mm-hmm. which I don't know if you knew I'm 11th generation Dedham. You told me that because there's <laughs> I drive through basically like your
1: historical street to get to my house in Hyde Park <laughs> and you were like that home and that like street like you you gave me a brief synopsis yeah. one day we'll take a walking tour. Yeah, because I think that would be really. Yeah, cool. we need to go on the tour of the Fairbanks so house. Yes, well, we're gonna bring my Patty, jam. my mom, because oh. she that she, we drive by and she's like, "That looks like my jam right there." So. Oldest wood frame house in America. Maybe. It's amazing. 1663.
0: 1636. 36. Yeah, there's some numbers. There. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't some know. Order. Amazing. Details. Old, old. Yeah,
0: old. But yeah, so we're here. How long? Have, what
1: year did this open? This is our year nine, so 2014. I know yeah. it's the saying "year nine out loud is like. That doesn't actually make sense in no. my brain, but it's true. It's the that's way math
0: works. And so nine. <laughs> <laughs> the math and math. And yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, and now you have, we've grown to, we're at three studios, four studios? We're at four. Four. We had six. I know. We're at four. We're yep. strong. Yes. Yeah. We've ebbed and flowed. I love it. Yeah. So I started writing here, I think, I don't know if it was at the, very, I think it was at the very beginning. I can't remember. I've been a sporadic writer here at Revs. Pretty much since the beginning. You know, we've known you for a long time. Like, yeah, and it's always funny because, like, I look at my class count and I still haven't even hit a hundred, which is (gasps) that's so funny. I'm surprised by that. I was too, but I also kind of really love it because Revd is kind of like everybody always asks me if I teach at Revd or if I work at Revd Mm -hmm. or whatever, and I'm like, no, Revd is my like safe space. Mm -hmm. Like, Revd is where I go when I want to be an athlete, when I want to go and work out myself, and. when I don't want to have to put on the face and the energy and all of it, it's like, no, this is my time. This is my 45 minutes. Not to say that I didn't think about becoming an instructor here, but it was always opportunity. It was a (laughs) my dear. I know the time and place that I wanted to do it. There was way too much going on in my life. And I was just like, so fair, so fair. But, um, but yeah, so I kind of actually love that this is kind of like my little secret escape. And it's not necessarily like my daily driver of Mm. like, I'm taking a spin class every single day. It's like, I kind of like to keep it, my special little separate place I love so. that yeah actually really too. like it's funny
1: because you think about like routine as like necessary mm-hmm. and um like obligatory in a way like must find your routine must rise up before the sun mm-hmm. but rarely do we find a, something that's special that we tap into when we want to mm-hmm. and when we have like the actual time to like do it so I love yeah. that that's
0: what that is for you yeah. so keep it I know. I, really, I love I it. Absolutely. <laughs> will. But then the other thing I realized was, I don't think you, you don't do class counts for like events, right? No. So it <laughs> depends.
1: So if you come to every event. Yeah. Unless we're doing it. It's like, it's, we used to do it for events. We don't anymore because mm-hmm. of like logistics, mm-hmm. but also I'm sure you probably did digital stuff with us online during the pandemic. I'm sure oh, you yeah. did like oh, yeah, 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 outdoor yeah, yeah. stuff that maybe true. that we didn't do check-ins for yeah. like, so everybody's class count should be inflated by, I'm going to say average of 15 <laughs> to 25. Let's just put that out there. Oh, yeah. Everyone can mm-hmm. just go home now and they'll be like, well, great. I'm hitting a hundred tonight. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Um Yeah. I would say inflate, like, you know, curve it to about like probably 15 to 20 more yeah. for you. Yeah. Great. Maybe more. That makes that yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but also, what does class count? I mean, it's such a fun thing to celebrate. I know, but for us, it's like when you're here, you're here. That's right. what matters. Right, so. and
0: that's why because that that was my first thought when I first looked at it. Was like, oh, like I, it was almost disappointing, oh, and, and then it discouraged. No, I know, yeah. and then I was like, actually, it was a really cool, beautiful moment that I was like, you know, like you should be proud of that because that is like my class counts at either bar or degree, wherever the other Mm. places I work there. So it's like, I'm there by nature. It's not very hard for me to then like stay and take a class. So it's like the classes that I take here, I feel like almost mean more because it's like, I actually carved out the time for myself and I took the time and like invested in it. So And when
1: you work in fitness, we rarely do that for ourselves.
0: Yeah. Like I had that thought this morning. I was like,
1: okay, like I taught one, (laughs) I, you know, did the kids drop off. I'm like, I've got like an hour and a half, like, do I go to a group fitness organized class at Revd or somewhere else? Right. And then I was like, or do I have my coffee and stare at the beautiful sunshine? I the like, I was like yeah. <laughs> Which both accomplish the same thing for the most part yeah. for me. Yep. But um,
0: it is rare that we get to do that when we work in fitness. So totally. kudos to you for doing it as Thank often you. as you do do it. Honestly, I was really lucky very early on and I've only been an instructor for like two years now but very early on That's people it? said
1: that yeah oh wow I'm know, right? i I'm impressed fine. okay thank you nicely done
0: uh, thanks <laughs> but it was very early on people were like make sure that you still are still taking it yes because like, it also helps you as an instructor too I think oh 100% not even just in your mo- own modality I think Taking all different types of classes with different types of instructors just makes you a better instructor.
1: Yeah, it's like honing your craft and like watching—not like you have to go watch someone who you consider like a master or better than you, but someone very much at your like right. at your level, your peer. Mm-hmm. Um, you just learn, yeah. and education is so key. So totally, yeah, as you should. And I, now this is like the the spirits telling me to go take a session in the next couple
0: of days. So thank you for that. You're yeah. welcome. Yes, spirit yeah. is here, very yes. much here. Yes. Um, so what we were just saying too, before this was talking about, so this is signature, which we're talking about kind of what is your life signature and what Mm. I see in you and what I've, i told, (laughs) I literally love to just love on you and always tell you how much I love you you and how much I love this place and what you've built. But I think what has stood the test of time here is the sense of community and Mm. the completely diverse and inclusiveness, um, the diverseness inclusiveness and everything of what you see when you go into a class I love it like the Saturday morning 60s are like oh my god amazing every like uh, you were on another podcast where you were like you're gonna see your mom your dad your grandma your sister like Mm. you literally see people from all ages because I think people get so hung up especially with spin for some reason that like you're got to be this like little teeny tiny 20 something Mm -hmm. that's like bopping around no no like Mm -hmm. love to see the like 60, 70, even 80 year old men and women that come into this room and absolutely crush it. And even if they don't, even if they're just, there pedaling peddling to their heart's desire, whatever. Oh yeah. Like they know their lane, they stay in it. They challenge themselves how they want to. And I'm obsessed. But so I, and we can talk, we're going to talk a lot about community, I think, but what if you were to come back and say like, what do you think your life signature is or what's your Mm. passion and what drives you?
1: Um, you know, I think it's changed over the years, so I'm 36, right? And so I'm like nestled in the thirties so comfortably right now and not comfortably many times. And so when I was younger, if I was a teenager, I would have said, um, the, uh, like my signature would be like, I, if you want me to be somewhere, it's because you want the party to come. You want the energy to be there. Like it felt like a job sometimes for me when I was in my teens and my twenties, because my dad and i actually talked about this over the weekend cuz he and i are very similar energies and yeah i'm like when people invite us dad like it's cuz they want like the 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 games the party like the <laughs> jokes like the energy like yeah it's almost a job, right? And there would be times where I'd be like invited somewhere and I'm like, all right, got to like amp yourself up to be like almost the hired entertainment at times. And so then as I got a little older, I was like, oh, Megan, that's also being a people pleaser. (laughs) And you've got to like kind of shift that gear into like what's also going to please you. So I'm actually in this like really kind of, interesting and like relatively uncomfortable zone of like not necessarily knowing where that t- turns to because I do seriously still people please on a very regular basis I'm a business owner yeah. I have a bunch of employees I have yeah. children I need to please so that they're quiet like yeah. you know and yeah. so and a lot of that is like a very much two-way street where like because I'm you know satisfying their needs I'm also satisfied because I'm like such a nurturer mm-hmm. so maybe the word nurture and nourish mm-hmm. is like something that I'm moving into rather than like the party starter and the pleaser, yeah. more so like, what does someone actually need? Mm-hmm. Right? So, when I talk to my friends and a lot of my friends who like work for me and with me, I hate saying for, it's more with. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, if I'm checking in on them, I'm literally like, how are you? Yeah. What do you need yeah. from me, yeah. from something I can reach? Like, what yeah. can I do for you? And that to me is probably one of the biggest signatures of my life right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm also being a mother, mm-hmm. right? Like, I look at my kids. And they don't speak for many years. Yeah. <laughs> like any non-parents out there, you have no idea what language this little person that just arrived on your doorstep right. is speaking. But they're telling you something. Yeah. So figuring out what they need is like very intuitive, and so like nourishment, intuitiveness, like might be the signature at this time. I love that. I just got that's such a oh, th- that's cool. Like, but the problem. Let's do the caveat here. Is that the one person that I neglect in the biggest way is myself mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. So. My goal, as I speak this out loud and manifest this, <laughs> is to turn that nourishment towards myself more yes. often. So,
0: that. yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so, actually, and that's one thing, I, as part of the other podcast I was listening to um, is that you and I very much, 2019 and 2020, were not great years for us. Bad. Between the years, bad. Yeah. Bad, bad years. Yeah. But what I, one of the biggest things that, I mean, I've seen you do it, but also hearing you speak about it is that. You recognized it, you acknowledged it. Mm. You then decided that you needed help. You then accepted help, mm. which is I think a very big differentiator of like, yeah, you know you need help and people are offering it, but are you actually taking the help? Right. Which you did. You let your team that you helped, that you built here, you delegated and the team res- rose up and again, mm-hmm. community, community, community all day long, help support here. Um, but what were, what were some of the things that you, I th- and I think I wrote down to, you said, you noticed you love to be a, a difference maker and you noticed that you weren't striving for that anymore. Mm. But what were some of the like tangible things other than like getting out of bed was literally like the biggest task of the day. I feel that in my bones. Like, yeah. What, how do you, st- how did you start to kind of notice that like things were veering off a weird path and you were like, mm, something's yeah. going on here.
1: Yeah. I think like the first couple indicators were my drive to do, um, like I look, I move my physical body on a daily basis for work, but I also do it because I love it. And I also do it because it like curbs anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that wasn't why I became an athlete and became active, but it was like really a nice helpful tool. Product. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's great. Like yesterday I'm like, let me go for that run before I open that email because like I will <laughs> handle it better. Right. Yeah. Like, so, um, so I stopped desiring to do those things. I also was like having conversations with myself that were just the most negative, like so mean. Like I was so Mm -hmm. mean to myself, like you're not worth it. Like you, why couldn't you do that better? Like that outcome was because of your like shortcomings. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and you believe Mm -hmm. those things. You're actually not even like aware that you're having those conversations because they're like, yep, that makes sense. Yep. 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 Yep.
0: Yeah. You're just in like an autopilot mode.
1: Yeah. And so those two things, it was kind of like my body didn't want to do the things that it could do Mm -hmm. very easily. Mm -hmm. And then I, my brain was like, girl, like you give up, like, like quit now. Mm -hmm. And I'm very sensitive to quitting because I'd done it a little bit when I was younger Mm. and regret it. Like I was like, why didn't I just like pick myself up and keep going? Right. And so I'm very sensitive to quitting. So in my adult life, I've been like, you can't quit, Mm. but we'll get to that. Cause you can, there's reasons behind all decision-making, but like, I was like, oh, I just want to quit everything. Mm -hmm. And when my brain says quit everything, I know that there's something not right because it's not in my DNA to quit that easily.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Red lights flashing on the panel. You're like, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And you also stop like looking at yourself in the mirror. Do you like notice that? Yes. And you stop listening to music or I, I'm not you. No, I'm just saying myself. Like yeah. I stopped looking in the mirror at myself and like, not that I was a vain person prior, but yeah. my friends and I in college would joke, like we would pass by like a oh, reflective, yeah. like, reflective we'd be like, Hey, like she's out today. Right. Yeah. Like we had confidence oozing and totally. maybe for like not enough reasons to have yeah. it. But like, but then, you know, I stopped like looking at myself and I stopped listening to music mm. and I would be so annoyed to have to put together a playlist for a session. And like, I would be like annoyed by like people, like artists dropping new albums, which then fast forward to 2020, we all were like, where is the new music? <laughs> like, so those type of things, that's many things, but all of those things were like, looking back, I'm like, Oh, those are massive
0: indicators that I wasn't mm. in a good headspace. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing all that. I appreciate yeah, it. of course. Um, Cause I think that uh, for myself anyway too, and it's, it sounded similar in your other sp- like, And I highly recommend you go and listen to the Born for Greatness podcast episode we're talking about. Because you, Alyssa and Clyde, had such a great conversation around all of this. But um, I think it's – a lot of people think, like, when you get to a point of burnout, it's, like, almost like one day you wake up and you're like, yep, I'm burnt out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, nope. It's actually, like, chisels away at you day in and day out until you literally are chiseled down to nothing. And then you're just like, what am I doing? And, like, for me, it was – like i was forgetting everything it was like i could my brain could only retain literally like an hour a mm-hmm. short-term memory or something it was so interesting like yeah. my short-term memory was fried mm-hmm. i was noticing like no joke slurring my words like speaking to my husband at the end of the day mm-hmm. like after we were at the time he wasn't my husband yet but we would have conversations at the end of the day and i would literally just go to be like what do you want for dinner and i'd be like, "What?" food um you want to eat like I couldn't put together like a coherent sentence yeah I can
1: have experienced the same thing right yes
0: so like yeah and I I went through that a little bit during grad school but it was just like I knew I was working all day and then I was in grad school all night and like yeah my my brain is fried but this was just like a I went to work today and I came home I should not be like it was the work environment and and I will say like I mean for for me I feel like burnout is like It is partially your environment and all the things that are going on. But for me, it was also like a lack of boundaries. And like you said, a lack Mm -hmm. of nourishing myself and a lack of really putting myself first. And I've had so many conversations with people that are like, they're afraid to put up certain boundaries because they think that they're being selfish or they're being a jerk to the other person. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if the plane is going down, Mm -hmm. the oxygen mask needs to go on you first so that you can help other people. Yes. Like that's literally, I go back to that over and over and over even if your kid is sitting next to you it's you first you can't put that on your kid until you have your own oxygen so like yeah it's it was one of those things where like I had doctor my doctors because I would like go to the doctor and be like I don't know I have all these migraines and I'm like feeling really forgetful and blah 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 they're like yeah so you are in like a severe um what did they call it it was like a single episode, severe episode. I've always had depression. Like I was diagnosed when I was 14, but this was like a oh, single wow. episode made single episode, major depressive disorder. That's what it was. Wow, okay. it. So they were like, and they were like, if you keep doing this and you keep just running yourself ragged, like your grandmother had dementia, like you could be setting yourself up for early onset dementia. If you're terrifying, this is right? your reversible, dam- irreversible damage. And that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I was like, like, Oh my God. But to your point, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, not really looking at myself in the mirror. I didn't really care. Like yeah. Not that I was looking like a, like a flat out like hobo or anything, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> I was, <laughs> I mean, probably I was, but it was like, it was during COVID and like, yeah. I was a project manager and I'm like on Zoom trying to like hype up a team mm. who doesn't even have their cameras on and I'm expected to be on every single day and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it was just a lot. But so I, again, I really like respect and commend you for talking about it. And like, i also having it not even tied to, I know then you went through some stuff like with yourself, your health and trying to get pregnant again and having Mm. a miscarriage and all of that. And then that happened, like not concurrently, whatever the next one subsequently or something, it wasn't like this happened. And then I, this triggered my depression. You were already going through it and then you went through it. Yeah. So how did you like navigate that of like knowing like, man, I'm in a bad place. And like, Bad shit just keeps happening. Like, how do you, yeah. that's like the worst fucking feeling. Well, yeah, because you're like, where is bottom? Right. Yes. And then you're like, the bottom gets lower. Keeps falling, and like,
1: you're like, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, like, so I guess I can give a little more context to it. So 2019 was a massive year of like revved growth preparation. Mm-hmm. So we had been preparing to double in size from three studios to six studios for about like a year and a half at that point. Mm-hmm. And I had had my son in 2018, in September of 2018. So like not a lot of time had passed postpartum, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) – I'll be right. Let's get let's get real about this. Yes. I really did not enjoy being pregnant. I'm very grateful for my children. I'm I'm not like trying no. to be ungrateful, but
0: thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. That is something. <laughs> no, one of my friends just recently had a baby and she said the same thing. She I mean, sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there that love being pregnant. Yeah, I love those people. I love those people. Like <laughs> yes. good for you. Yeah, like, yes. no.
1: <laughs> I love those people. Let's not get it wrong. I might not have said nice things about those people when I was in their <laughs> right. shoes. Right. but I take that all back. Um, no, I'm, I'm very grateful for the family that we have. My Mm -hmm. kids are like, if you can, I swear they're fucking amazing. Like I love my kids and a lot of people listening to this have probably either like, if you follow me, you've seen them, maybe you've gotten to meet them in person. They're just like, they're like, they're everything to me. Mm -hmm. And like, because of Matt and I, like, it's not just me. Like Mm -hmm. Matt is Matt was the true parent also, by the way, he has put me through parenting boot camp. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. He is the most nurturing man on planet earth. He's so amazing. So you should interview him because he's like dynamic beyond, but he's very stoic in person. Yes. Um, so I had my son in September of 2018. Um, my husband was in the fire department Academy at the same time. The business was kind of like business per usual. Like we were thinking about this growth. We started taking on these like leases and like dealing with like the fundraising involved in that. Uh-huh. And I'm watching like like financially the business just succeed, which Mm -hmm. is really a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're not sitting back going, this is awesome. Right. We're saying like, Oh, we want to do all this growth too. So it's like this organic shift from like, like current success to like future growth and like expectation setting. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've got this like infant, then all of a sudden he becomes like a toddler. And now we're in 2019 and I'm like, okay, I have to, raise all this money and like, I'm going through all of this, you know, Clyde and I are going through all of this, you know, kind of like formation and foundational stuff with our growth. And it's really wonky. Like it doesn't work linearly at all. Like when business growth is, is messy and ugly and so uncomfortable and so personal, but it shouldn't be, but it is. And everyone's like, don't take it personal. Like, bitch, I do. This is your life. I literally take it personal. Yes, I do. And so it's like, so that's all happening. And then I remember like I'll talk about one day in particular. I took a pregnancy test and I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking pregnant. Mm. And I was like, no. Yeah. I was like, this not the time because my whole brain was on work. Yeah. And I need to be wholly present. And for the first time in my life, because I have kids now, I had a part of my brain that would go like off. I'm like doing a gesture where like I'm taking a piece of my brain and taking it out to the side. Like (laughs) like I had my brain over here. Yep. And I couldn't work with Malachi in the room. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't focus on laptop and focus on kid mm-hmm. because it, I, the split doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Women were both were great multitaskers, but it wasn't fulfilling to me. And I wasn't good at either at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was so focused on work that I remember telling my husband being like, and I've never told anybody this except for him because he was there and I talked to him. Yeah. I was like, we, I'm not like, no, like, mm-hmm. I don't want like this in mm-hmm. this moment. And he was like, okay. And I was like, we'll talk about it later. Like, you know, those moments where you're just like, just so you know, I feel very rational. This, <laughs> this is my thought. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to think about this after the weekend. And we're going to let like, it marinate. And then we're going to, right. Yeah. Right. And so deep inside, I was also like, oh gosh, like I was also put on the start to be a mom because I love yeah. Malachi so much. And in my younger years, I didn't know if I'd be a mom. I didn't know if it was something that would be presented to me as an option, or if I would like meet someone I'd want to procreate with mm-hmm. that was taken care of very quickly. <laughs> this damn.
0: But like
1: But, like, (laughs) in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, you ungrateful bitch. Like, you're having a baby and so many people want to have this, right? Right. So I'm having this, like, existential crisis where I'm like, I want to be working. I want to be doing this. Do I want to slow down? Because as women, sorry, when you build your family and Serena Williams posted this incredible post the other day about why she's taking a step back from tennis, Mm -hmm. because we don't have the luxury to do both at the same time to the same capacity that men do. We just, or non-birthers do, right? We just don't. And so I was mad. I was literally mad, Mm -hmm. which is so, I've given myself grace about it by the time. And like, right after I was like, very like upset with myself for that emotion. Mm -hmm but you can't apologize for how you feel. No. So then a couple like weeks go by a couple, like maybe two months go by and shit's hitting the fan with work. Like our funding gets like ripped away from us. Like mm-hmm. we're in the middle of like finishing build outs and like growth is happening now. This is like late 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? And I literally miscarry it in the middle of my kitchen. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God. And then I'm like, this is my fault because I said I didn't want this. Right. That's the thought that crosses your mind. And I was like, Oh my God. And I will never forget. And I may get emotional talking about this. Mm. This little one-year-old now Mm. walks over to me and puts his little chubby sweaty (laughs) hand on my leg. And he goes like, mama's okay. And I was like, and that was it. I was like, yeah, this is all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it was hard and it was like messy, but I was like, I have my family. So to answer your question, my family, Matt, Mm -hmm. Malachi, like my men, like that was why I was okay. Right. And granted it took a lot more work, but in that moment Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is my fault. Because also by the way, in the middle of having that moment of miscarrying, I was on the phone with an advisor and I was trying to get paperwork out. And Mm -hmm. I was like, pushing aside the fact that my body was like literally aborting Sister, a baby. Okay, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I need to do this email. I was like flipping out. I, was, I wasn't stopping. Mm-hmm. And what I know now, and after talking to my doctors, and talking to my therapists, and also just talking to women in general, mm-hmm. and like my people, my girls, mm-hmm. my mom, who also had miscarriages in her life, you know, everyone in my world that's been touched by this experience, then it just mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, It literally is not my fault. Like inexplicable. Inexplicable, the stress of my job, Likely played zero role in it. Mm-hmm. My age probably played more role in it than anything else because it, and not that it, not that like yeah. you're too old at like whatever I was, but yeah. like I wasn't a fresh 21 year old. Like we, they used to have babies back in the day. Right. Like, you Literally. Know what I mean? so like DNA plays a role in it. Your body knows better than you do. They, it really does. It's like, this one's not good. This mm-hmm. is not going to work out. And it's not because you didn't want it, yep. sweetheart, because yes. even if you didn't want it, you're probably going to still have to have it also, depending on the state that you live in. <laughs> so like, like I was like, I had to come to terms with that. Yeah, And in those moments, what I looked at was I have this amazing support system. My husband's phenomenal. My one-year-old was like so in tune in that moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I mean, kids are. it was
1: crazy. And we hadn't told anybody that we were pregnant. Yeah. We literally were like 10 something was like maybe 11, 12 weeks and mm-hmm. barely, like I can't even remember at that time. And I was like, okay, fam, fam first. Mm-hmm. That is where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, all right, well, it's easy because we haven't told anybody. So externally ease, right. Cause yeah. that's also hard to have to share that story again Absolutely. after the fact. Um, and, but then I was also like internally, like, well, the best part about this is I get to work even harder right now <laughs> to not have to deal with it. Right. Like, because that's what yeah. our brain does like busy, busy. Right. So yeah. I start doing that. I will say my work was comforting to me, even though, even though it was really hard work, it gave me a distraction, which isn't always the healthiest thing long-term, but you know, in those moments I was surrounded by great people and I was able to, I think I shared with Clyde what was going on and he's always been so comforting and so supportive and like, he's a dad, but he also was, is surrounded by really strong women. He's got twin sisters and a mom who's amazing, like and his friends are like, you know, he's just understands women in a way and, and it's mm-hmm. and it's really nice. And so I was able to lean on him a bit and and the team was just like, yep, yep, we got this. Like yeah. we're we're going for it. But I was putting aside the the coping. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't coping.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was really kind of like deferring, deferring, deferring. And then, and then March comes around, right? Mm-hmm. Like we literally, well, we have raised the million plus that we needed in about six weeks time, Clyde and I, and we were like, wow. okay, we opened all the doors to the growth. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic came and was like, guess what? Same week. Yeah. Right? yeah. The same I week. Yeah. yeah. We opened, um, well, we, yeah, so the growth happened like late December through March 8th mm-hmm. of 2020. And then March 16th, we were like, close the doors. But like to further answer your question, that was probably the most important thing that happened for my coping with how hard things were. Mm -hmm. Because at that time I was like, so incredibly thin, which I didn't realize until I looked back at photos. That always happens. Right. That but that I'm like, happens. isn't it interesting? Like I not that being thin or being like not thin is good or bad. Yeah. But for me, like my fighting weight is like 165. Like I'm like strong. <laughs> like that's my <laughs> fighting weight. Like I'm like I'm I'm feeling healthy. I'm definitely yeah. eating enough. I'm yeah. working out in the right way for my body. Right. And um and yeah like my fighting weight is 165. I was well below that and I wasn't paying attention to it. So stress was really eating away at me and hormonally things had shifted with the miscarriage.
0: So we call this anxiety skinny.
1: Yes. Like, girl, That's what I, was, I call it. I was
0: deep in that anxiety, it anxiety skinny. skinny. And it's not good skinny. It's, it's, yeah. bad. it's bad. And but, I didn't yeah. feel strong. I felt like kind yeah. of
1: like a shell of myself. But when you, when you exit the war, right, because before yep. COVID hit, I felt like I was like the battlefield had the dust and I was like, reigning victorious. Yeah. And I'm like, of course you're going to leave the battlefield, with maybe one less limb, but you're leaving. You're not dead. Right. Like, yes. so I was like, whatever, I'm thin. Like I'm leaving the battle. Like I need to eat a bagel or 10. Right. Like, you know Your what ten, I mean? Like, yeah. so that was my, my thought was like, okay, like you'll get that in check, like whatever. But like yeah. you, you did what you set out to do regardless. Yeah. And, but looking back, I'm like, okay, I was much thinner than I normally would have been under normal circumstances. And every conversation I was having was, it's not good enough. You're not good enough. It's not good enough. Up. This is your fault. This is your fault. The funding loss was your fault. Like having to like you know raise it in such amount of time and such like a way that you didn't ex- anticipate to have to raise it. That's your fault. And then I did the most amazing thing for my psyche was COVID hit, and then that was my fault. I I'm, I'm patient zero. Did you know that I ate the bat in Wuhan, like or whatever the narrative is? That's what my brain did. COVID became yeah. my fault. Yeah, and all of the stuff that came with it became. My fault. So just so everyone knows, <laughs> Megan St. Mark caused the pandemic <laughs> and the global shutdown because that's what I was telling myself. Don't even start.
0: We're going to have to get a PR team out on. Friday. I know.
1: Right. Oh my gosh. like Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I caused the pandemic and that's what, that was the new brain narrative for probably the next 16 months. Yeah. So like, how did I navigate it? Well, I just continued to blame myself for things, right? Like I was like, yep, I will take that on. I will take that on having to lay off my team and close the doors and like, you know, kind of go into that, like holding pattern, like all my fault, totally my fault. Like put that on me. Like that's, I'm your girl. Hi, it's me. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So then that's like the dark zone, right? That's right. like, the, I think what it was it like May, June of 2020,
0: it was like locked down. And-, and you know, it's so funny too, and to hopefully pull this forward to like shed the light, mm. the dark zone too. I still think of when we were riding in the gap like oh my God. And then like A C more. Yes. Like the gap cut
1: on fire like a couple months ago after we left it. Like it was like so, it was like such a perfect poetry. So was, like, yeah. yeah, we were in AC more. We were in an old wayside furniture store in Burlington, Charlie's. Charming Charlie's. We were in because you know what it was is like we would not lose. We would yeah. not give up. We How? were yeah, like we went from
0: one battlefield to the next I battlefield. I love it so much. But yeah. like, but that's what I mean. Like so. And each of those <laughs> facilities, in their own right, were a dark hole. Oh it, the AC we Moore. called Copley the cave. The cave, yeah. The like, cave. Yeah. The, yeah. And like, and I remember that because I remember <laughs> going there. And it's like the Cave of Wonders. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But oh my god! So, but now, now look at you. Yes, like, that's right. It's like, so so it's like brighter. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And even though, actually, it's also a dark cave. I speaking of Rev Virtual, we were talking about that before we got on. Yeah. I in COVID went off the deep end and created my own little mini spin studio. I got, a yes, bike, you did. I got a projector yes. and I put surround sound in. So literally it was like, I was having a one-on-one you class did. because I was like, I need this. Like I, I missed it. I yeah. was like, I, I love being in that dark cave with all my people and yeah. whatever.
1: So, but I remember you sending me those videos. I was like, this girl's on fire. I need to go to your house. But we this, couldn't. That was the thing. Right? I was like, the studio, Melissa's studio we can't can't sign up. No <laughs> one's know. allowed.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. No, but so then you, I mean, it's, it's so amazing then to like, you guys literally did. You had so much fucking fight in you that it was like all right, pivot, yeah. pivot, pivot, pivot. Yes, like. right. Well, and that's the funny thing is like
1: every time someone says the word pivot, I like, like I oh. like twitch because I'm like, Ugh. it's almost like when someone says, can we do something outdoors this summer? No, bitch. No. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm literally done. If I have to roll one more bike and someone's not paying me $100,000 to do it, I'm not doing it. Like, I don't want to do it. No, I mean, no, outdoors is beautiful. Studio. The AC studio. Yeah, so we, the cave here in Dedham too, which was like the AC Moore cave was dripping water from the ceiling. Like I'm also like relatively positive they never even charged me the full rent that they did for us to be there because they feel sorry for <laughs> us. Like they were like, here's the agreement. Also just go away. Oh my God. But it was it was what kept some people going and it wasn't our full community. But I will say for anyone that didn't come to those those like arenas and those mm-hmm. pop-ups. At one point we had seven pop-ups, but we had only had a six studios like <laughs> business. We were like, why well, how do we have this like I seven? One? Like, what are we doing? But we just kept saying yes to landlords who were like trying to also survive. Like yes. we supported yes. management companies. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that management companies. Yeah. We supported you guys yep. and we support, I mean, our, our bike maintenance guy, Bill, my favorite person, <gasps> he was like, we were in it together. He was oh. delivering bikes to homes. Yeah. We were financially like supporting one another because mm-hmm. we were giving him business and he was maintaining people's bikes in their homes. There were so many little like Side stories, like I've thought about like what the chapters of the book will be because yes. I'm like, one will be like Hell yeah. Bill, bike guy, like <laughs> this is his story. And like, you know, and so, but even though some of our community and our team didn't make it to those locations for their, you know, absolute understandable reasoning during mm-hmm. a global pandemic, yeah. they knew we were doing it mm-hmm. and they were supporting us by buying the $5 t-shirts on our website. Mm-hmm. And like some people just were just standing straight donations yeah. and to say like, this is what I would have spent this month. I mm-hmm. want you guys to be around when we get back. I love it so there was a lot of hope and I think hope is really smart. And like, for me, the hope was, um, very commercial hope, right. Too, because there were times where I was like, Oh God, is this ever going to come back? Like mm-hmm. what, what would I, I remember
0: us having that conversation? What would I do
1: for a job. I know, <laughs> like,
0: I know, I know. Like, I don't know. But even when I, you we know? were still back in regular studios, mm-hmm. I remember you and I had a conversation about like, will it ever get back to how it was? Right. Like, Are people going to still come back to the office? Are we ever going to like fully sell out classes again? Bitch, I booked this fucking Saturday (laughs) 60 a week in advance now. Yeah, because it's happening. And it's a 60 minute. It's not even the 45. It's like, and so like, yeah, to see it not even come full circle. It's just the evolution of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the growth of it how resilient and gritty you guys are with it. Like it's, it's just amazing. And again, this community speaks volumes, obviously the people throwing money at you. Cause they were like, we need you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was so beautiful. And I'll never forget. And like, I, I hope we've been like outwardly gracious to everyone. Cause, oh God, yeah. cause then when we got back in, it was like, reopening six businesses at the same time that probably was harder than having to close down lay people off whatever like the reopening mm. like the, the reckoning in yeah. a way, because we were like and that was another like mental distraction for me from like actually coping with what we were all going through too right mm-hmm. and i think i at that point was pregnant again because like mm-hmm. apparently like fertility is on my side and so which i'm grateful for and like i just remember being like oh okay um Like we had the dark zone, we had like the loss of of children and of business, Mm. and then we were expected to just now show up again as shiny. Nothing ever happened. Like nothing ever happened, and like I have a whole lot to say about that because like parts of the world just thought that fitness didn't get affected, Mm. and I'm definitely on the school of it was affected more and for longer than most industries, if Mm -hmm. not all industries to be quite honest. And so um, like my friends who are in the restaurant business, like we were all in the trenches together and then all of a sudden they had business as usual and we still didn't. And we were like, what are we gonna do? So so yeah, so it just like, you know, getting back and being open again was another like mental distraction. And like, we could work really hard again in that direction. Cause also when the pandemic was happening and we were in lockdown, sorry to be jumping around so much. people like us who are really hard workers and can take on a lot of projects at the same time lost all ability to know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Like, even though we were pivoting, (laughs) like there would be days where I'd be home because Matt's a firefighter, he'd be at work for a 24 hour shift. Mm -hmm. And like, I'd be home with Malachi, like staring at him, like, am I supposed to teach you how to read now? (laughs) Like, what am I supposed to do? Oh no, you're too like, okay. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my brain? It's firing on all cylinders. And what does that result in? anxiety. Mm-hmm. Here she comes. No She's here. She's like, would you like a cup of anxiety tea? We'll chug it together. Like <laughs> that's what happened.
0: Yeah. Here's your funnel
1: <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Finally, yeah. and it never stops funneling into your mouth and you can't let go. So no. yeah. So we, so people like myself and you, I'm, I'm fairly sure you felt the same way. Yeah. It, we were like the lack of was almost worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go from all this stuff to nothing, to the desire to do, to all this stuff, you're just like, yeah. How are you not like burning your brain out and right. like at risk of like long-term like dementia, Dimage, like, yeah. like literally Truly. how would anybody have survived that? That's why like not everybody's okay. Yeah. You know? Yes. so um, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. You asked me a question a
0: half hour ago. I'm sorry. That's I okay. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. So yeah. it's fine. No, but I think, I mean, like uh, the symbolism of it though, is just like being in that darkness and now like kind of crawling out of it and like, And I feel like my life too has kind of taken a relatively parallel track of like, yeah, it was a super shitty couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are in that boat. Like Mm -hmm. the pandemic ripped the rug out from underneath all of us, which to an extent I loved like that. You literally saw like the Kardashians can't even leave their house. Yeah, It was like, that That was was such a humbling. (laughs) Yes. It was so humbling. (laughs) Like, Like, oh, thank God. Like we really can't leave. Okay. Okay. Like, and it was like, I don't know. It was nice for like, the few months where it was like you finish working remotely at four o'clock, you see your neighbors out on the street having a seltzer and you go have a drink yeah. with them. And like, that would have never normal. Like we don't do that anymore. No. Like I waved to my neighbors when we in the trash or the mail or whatever it is. And like, we still talk, but it, we so didn't have the time we had for it. Such like a cute little bond during that time. Mm. But then like things started to slowly ramp up again. And then we now we're all back into our holes mm. and we got to just hit the ground running in a completely different world than we left it. Yeah. So, um, but I think so now, being on, I don't want to say on the other side of it, because I think it's, like I said, always evolving and mm. always growing, but you seem like you're in a way better place than you were before. Yeah. And you, I love and appreciate you so much for being so open and wanting to talk about stuff like this because, and, and I will probably talk about it on a whole, probably every podcast episode we have. I think everybody's gone through something similar where it's like mm. you're in a shitty spot. Um, and I was actually listening back to my first episode when I was editing it and I was like, Oh yeah, we're talking about the peaks and the valleys of my life. And I was like, it's literally only valleys we're yeah, talking about, yeah, We're not yeah, even talking okay about the peaks. but it's like, but it's important because it's, you realize the other valleys that other people have gone through, even if it's not the same as your Valley, it's like everyone goes through shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't have to all expect that. Like we have to put on this, like happy face every single day. Mm-hmm. It's like someone said something to me once and it was like, Oh, we always assume positive intent. Like assume that someone really is giving their best that day. Like I'm yeah. sure the barista didn't mean to fuck up your coffee. Yeah. That was not their intention. <laughs> no. If they did, like it's okay. Yeah. Just like maybe they can make you another
1: one. Yeah, like, but patience. just having yeah, yeah
0: patience and having like empathy. I think everybody needs to have a little bit more empathy and just yeah. like not immediately assume that like people are out to get you or like that they're trying to do ill will by you. Right. Um. And yeah, so I think I don't really know where I was going with that, but just basically it just like, well, like you, you were mentioning being on the other
1: side of oh, it yeah. in, in a way, like, and I can kind of reflect on that if you'd like, cause, yeah. cause I do think in so many ways I'm on the other side of like, and from a personal side, like Rev is definitely on the other side of majority of COVID like there's some lingering shit that I'm like get this out of my way like yeah. you know but that's bookkeeping and that's like yeah. you know that's negotiations with landlords like it's it's just ongoing and I'm I'm just like yeah, like I just want to puke this. on it and like push it away like yeah I won't do that if you're listening but you can't do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but there, but personally, I'm on the other side of a lot of stuff because I started doing work on it. I started saying to myself through the, like, you know, words and wisdom of my therapist, who's like a total rock star. Um, like I actually deserve better from myself. Right. And I deserve like, you know, peace within the hard times. And I deserve to like, be okay and be peaceful and be quiet and not please everybody. And like, Mm take a vacation. Yes, uh, yes. Like I was texting Alyssa who, you know, so yes. well last night I was like, okay. Cause we're the same when it comes to like ethics and of work and like how hard we work and mm-hmm. both moms. And it's like another level of like working hard. It's like a person needs to eat. Then You're keeping it alive. Yes. Yeah. Literally. It's like, <laughs> and so so I text her, I go, okay, I'm putting in my vacation. And I was like, it's a lot of sessions to get subs for, but I'm doing it. And I'm telling you that I'm doing this so that you do it too. And she's like, yes. I'm so proud of you. Okay. I'm going to do it too. Like yeah. we won't do it otherwise because we have to like rationalize the fact that like, mm-hmm. like what is hard work? Mm-hmm. Hard work is defined by like what I still have no idea. Right. And my therapist, I talk about all the time. She's, she keeps asking me, she has this amazing like, Irish accent. She's like, What is hard work, Megan? I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do justice. What is hard work, Megan. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, thank you. Yes. And she's like, to you, what is it? And I was like, well, I don't think I've ever done it. I literally was convinced that I've never worked hard in my life. Right. Oof. Which is so silly to say out loud. Literally right? So and so with that's, that's the pattern that you get into when you're like not, when you're constantly self-sabotaging your confidence and you're constantly saying that you're not good enough. Like yeah. of course you hard work. That's not you. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you could have done that a hundred times better if you worked hard. Right. Like, yeah. and so I, I'm saying to myself now through this work, like actually you do work really hard. Mm-hmm. And in fact, people that have the stress levels that you have, require actually more time off than people that don't have those type of stress levels Correct. and capacity is everything. And you need to each their own. Mm-hmm. But like, I have an incredibly large capacity to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of it. Right. Yeah. And so I actually require a little bit more time off. And so mm-hmm. my husband and I last night were like, okay, we're taking off these three days, but can we make it seven? Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we can, because guess what? We're in charge. Like, right. And we were like, can we do that? And we did it. And Good. so we were going to take some time off and oh, be yeah. with the kids and have it not be around a work event. It's always around something that Megan has to do. Like mm-hmm. it's a work thing and we're all off at the work thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, this is going to be time off. And so time off is just one tool that, um, I've found will be, and has been beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. Do I use it all the time? No. Like mm-hmm. Because it, it, there's a lot of ramifications of taking it right when mm-hmm. you run a business, and you're con- like I teach like anywhere from like ten to thirteen sessions a week sometimes, right? Which is a lot. I think I might be sitting at nine right now, which is like I'm really proud of myself with that. But it's nice yeah, it's a good number. And so like, but that's a lot. Like yeah. if you think about like nine, so classes, running so, the business. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so like you know we've been going through like a lot of like growth conversations again and what the future looks like at Rev. And it's actually really fun and dynamic. And there's a lot of exciting things coming teaser. Um, But we like, what does it look like for Megan in that business? Uh Like for Megan right now it's this, but what does it look like in the next six, 10, 12 months? Like Uh when all of that starts to happen and, and come to fruition, like that has to change. And I, for the first time in, Uh, maybe nine years at at this job, I get to pick things I like to do Mm -hmm. rather than doing the things that just need to get done. And, um, or I will get to pick the things I like to do because we're going to be building the team in order to support that. And I'll still do things that I would prefer probably not to have to do, but I get to say, oh, wow, like I'm good at that. And I like that. So let me benefit the business by doing that. Right. And so just the thought of that is very healing to me because when you're depressed and you're anxious, you feel like there's no way out and there's no resolution. That's yes. the other piece. It's very like the door, it doesn't open and that's your life. Yep. Like you're yep. just standing in front of a closed door. Totally. And so now I'm like opening that door and I'm looking around, I'm like, oh like, I like what that looks like over there. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so being on the other side of that, but the work has to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not fixed. I don't no. want to be fixed. No. I'm like, like I love a little chaos. Uh, yeah. Know? I was just going to say, yeah. And I don't even know what fixed would be. I think it'd be pretty boring. Be a robot. Um, yeah. So I feel like, you know, in, in a very like roundabout way, the time has helped, the support has helped, mm. um, but also like looking at myself again, like mm. who am I? Yeah, uh, what a question. I know, it's literally
0: really, meta. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I think from what you're saying too, it's like, I think coming from a mindset of, and I've had, i talked to my therapist about this, about a lot about this as well Mm -hmm. is coming from an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. Interesting. And when you're in that fight or flight, it's scarcity mindset where it's like, you're like a little squirrel and you're just grabbing everything and hanging onto it so tight where Mm -hmm. it's like, if you have an abundance mindset, you're like more is going to come to me later. It's okay. I don't need to hold all of this so tightly. And I think with you, like you, you have this high capacity or this high volume, I should say high volume tolerance for, Stress and things like that more so than the average Joe, but it's because you've built that up over the last. It's like a muscle.
1: It is. Yeah, that's such a good point. That's so interesting. So like,
0: but because that muscle is so big, you also need to, like you said, rest that muscle just Mm. as much. Like, and we are not at all sponsored by Whoop. I hope maybe someday we are. My sister works there. Jen, (laughs) when are you gonna get me my free membership? I don't know, Mm -hmm. Julie too. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. But no, but Whoop has also hugely helped me Mm -hmm. because it's like. And there's a girl um, on Instagram, her name's like Anna Prizy or something, mm-hmm. but she's super into like mental health and everything. And she's like, you can't give a hundred percent every day or you can't give a hundred percent to a bunch of different things. That's, too many percents. That's yes. 300%. Like, <laughs> you, get, you only have a hundred percent to give. So if you have five different things, you're really only going to give 20% to those things and you right. need to have that reality. But then you even looking at your whoop every morning, what percent you don't actually even have a hundred percent every day. Right. I, I right. Have you ever been a hundred percent recovered? No. Never in my life. <laughs> I don't even think I've been 99. I like, no, no. Ugh. We could, again, that could be a whole other podcast episode. I don't know what the mystery is behind HRV. It is this like wild thing to me that I'm like. I have to read more about it too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand it. Yeah. (laughs) Math ain't math.
1: No, but no. no, And I think that they are, they are probably on the cutting edge of it too. So like we can ask
0: our friends at whoop. I know. Whoop help us. Yeah. Julie's going to be on. I already asked Julie. Yes. Yes, I'm excited for that. Um, actually, well, we won't say the P word because that's a bad word. Um, Switching gears. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm twitching. <laughs> I know, I know, literally. <laughs> I didn't want to say the word. Yeah, uh, okay. No, because I asked Julie. Because I was also listening to the other pod where you were talking, like you're talking about having friends that are it's good to have friends that are critical of you. Mm. And Julie, oh te- Julie texted me on my way here. She's like, I'm listening to the first episode. I love the pod and whatever. I was like, okay, Julie, but would you tell me that if it was terrible? She goes, no, I absolutely would. Yeah, Julie I'm would. so critical. Julie's a good friend like that. Yeah. And so then I was like, think I'm connecting the dots. I'm like, okay, yeah. Julie is the critical friend Like Maggie's talking. Yeah. About it but, and criticism but it's the can best. Be Super supportive. Yes. Yeah. yes. I'm like, and that mm-hmm. was where I was going to go with that is like, if you, if the people in your circle are just hyping you up, it's just a vacuum. Like mm-hmm. what is that like then right. where do you go from there right if you're already great like I'm revved born for greatness like yeah everybody is born for greatness but like how do you keep leveling it up kind of and mm-hmm. so I asked Julie I go what's the million-dollar question I shaft Mike and so this is now gonna rewind it back to probably where we should have started in the first place That's okay um Julie asked why you decided to when did you realize or why did you decide you wanted to not be in broadcasting? Oh boy. So we rewind even more. So yeah you went, you went to Northeastern. Yep. Which um I was laughing that you were gonna go there for PT because when I was in high school, we had to do a, like a computer project, like you know, you take computer class. Yeah, which is so funny to think about. Like you had a computer class. Yes, in computer I class. had type. Yeah, I had a typing class. Yeah, it was like dictation. They would say things and you literally had to type. Them. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to like tell home like, row keys. Yeah, I had to tell people
1: where the B was. Like yeah. I had to quiz. Like, these kids don't know. They don't, they don't know. know. <laughs> they didn't have that <laughs> ear ear while logging oh my into Anne. I didn't oh. even get – my mom would even let me chat with my friends on Anne.
0: I my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I go next door
1: log on to, talk to the boys.
0: So so you – I was – in high school, I did a project about how I thought I wanted to do physical therapy, and Northeastern yes. was one of the schools that I was thinking about doing at. But so you went to Northeastern. Yes. You started doing physical therapy. Yes. And you were like, meh, the same – it's similar to me where I thought I wanted to be in graphic design, and then I was like, I said in the last episode, I was I felt like Billy Madison where everybody's writing a beautiful cursive, and I'm like Rudo on the word. Right. Like, well, that's <laughs> when you realize, right? You're like, oh, there's skill sets out there. Like, you don't just so, wish into them sometimes. No, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. then it was like, so then I also did the pivot to communications. Love that. And I know that I think you did too, right? Yes. .com. So yeah. Um, you did come and you were going to do broadcast journalism and we were mm-hmm. just talking about your fun relationship with Jerry Remy too, I know. which is so
1: gone too soon. I know one of the best guys. Okay. She was my lucky number. Oh really? Yeah. Yes, that is. Yeah. So, you mentioned that. No, he was, he was an amazing person, had the most dynamic life story. Like I, we need the books to come out about him. Like literally somebody will, and I'm sure there are some already, but somebody that we worked with closely, they're all journalists. So I'm sure someone's working on it because he was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she, it's, I just wanted to make sure I was asking it, right? Okay. Ask her about when she realized broadcast wasn't going to be long-term. That's oh, that's how a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, so so broadcast
1: started for me in college. I was, I think I, I, think I was 20 when I first started mm-hmm. working because Northeastern's co-ops, right? Yes. So yeah, I went away from physical therapy actually before I even got to Northeastern. I did a semester at UConn because I was a late start. North, Northeastern's rolling kids in. you a duo in. Husky. Yes, I'm a dual Husky. But Northeastern's <laughs> rolling kids in. Like they go to London for a semester, they come on campus, yeah. like whatever. So I was grateful that I went and sucked at UConn in science for like a full semester and like just was like, wow, this sucks. So I realized math and science are not my thing. So going into physical therapy would be the wrong choice for me. So <laughs> go figure, I'm a communicator. And so when I got to Northeastern, I went in undecided and then I um, selected communication and I was like, we'll just do that. Mm-hmm. And um, fast forward got a co-op working um, in broadcast and then subsequently got an internship with Nesson and pretty much worked in sports broadcasting as a freelancer and on networks um, for, I want to say like almost like eight years. Mm. So, um, and it was very full time at first and it was the grind, the grind, the grind. And it was the glory, the grind and the glory. Right. And sports are so great. Like they suck you in. Like, like we, I think the first year I started working for the Red Sox was the year after they broke the curse. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was, it was the golden days. Like it was, phenomenal and I was living on the fence in Boston at Northeastern and I was uh, walking across to go to work every day and uh, I had a press pass and I was uh, so hot and I was young and like the my butt was so high. Like it was amazing, right? I would walk through the Concourse, and I would see like I'm like, hey Derek Jeter, like hey David Ortiz, like, what's up? Like yeah. I was fucking on fire. Okay. <laughs> And so I had this amazing like experience there and I, they brought me on staff and I was, um, I was doing everything. I was like, you know, production assistant. I was stage manager. I was doing some writing and then I was doing on-air stuff for college sports. And it was just like, I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I was looking at all of the women predominantly that would sit on the jobs that I wanted to have. I wanted to either be like, Um, At the time Heidi Watney was on the on the team um, and she was doing all the sideline reporting for the Mm -hmm. Red Sox I worked really closely with her and learned so much from her really 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 value her still love her to this day And she's incredibly successful and she's doing it as a mom too. I'm so proud of her She's great. Yeah, Yeah. and I learned so much too, just like what she was going through because she was younger than me now at the time going through like the ranks of becoming, you know, mm-hmm. great. Right. Mm-hmm. And Erin Andrews, I worked closely with her when ESPN would be on site and she was at the beginning of her career too. Yeah. And like oh, I cool. was rubbing elbows and then Tina Servasio was right before Heidi and she was now in Jersey, um, with MSG and she was coming back up and I was picking her brain. So these are all like the women I was like, that's my job. Yeah. I will be Tina. I will be Heidi. I will be Erin. I will be yeah. great. Right. And And I could totally, totally see you doing that. And that's what I thought. Crazy. I, that everyone yeah. would say that. Oh my God, that's you. That's perfect. Whatever. 100%. So I was fearful, right. Of the audition process. I was fearful of not being good enough. I was not like, and when it comes down to it, a lot of it at that time, um, and I'll speak freely about this was the visual package. Right. And I was like 21 in college and you know, I hadn't really grown into my face yet. And I was kind of like, I didn't know the right things to wear. I shopped at TJ Maxx. Right. I wasn't going down and getting outfitted at the suit shop and like having like the cute dress and the, the wedges on, like yeah. I was working hard. Right. So I kind of just looked like the intern rather than the talent. Right. Totally. So then I tried to like, And what sucks is that it became a visual thing. Mm. And what, as women, what we do is we compare ourselves to each other. So then it became, well, that girl's got the boob job and she got the job job. Mm. Right. And so I was like, do I get the boob job? Right. And you start to say, well, it's just a tool. It doesn't mean I'm not good enough. It's just a tool for me to get the job. Yeah that is not why people get jobs, just so you know, but there was a lot of indication that that mattered at that time. Mm. And I think we can all agree. Mm. And there are amazing brains that are also attached to the boob jobs that are working in that (laughs) journalism world at that time too. Just, I'm not trying to be disrespectful whatsoever, but I just kind of kept grinding at it, kept grinding at it, putting my reel together. Um, But I was always like a little bit afraid to really like to say, this is what I want. Yeah. So I started talking to my producers and directors and they were like, well, this is a huge network zone. Like this is like a one to five network. You need to go and get your feet wet at like a 30 to 50 network, which basically means like metropolis areas, like Boston, New York, LA, Chicago, mm-hmm. they're all like top one to five networks. Like they're going to have like the most viewership. It's going to be Got the it. most money coming in. So they're gonna be the most famous people, yep. right? Yep. Um, the most, you know, viewership. So they wanted you to go to like Pawnee, Indiana. 100%. Okay. Bismarck, South or North right, Dakota, yeah. Dubuque deb- 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 or whatever. So so I was buying the jobs these places, right? So I was sending applications and I was like getting like maternity leave coverage on like the <sighs> traffic desk, right? And I was like, I'm going to have to move to North Dakota. Like that's going to be my bidding. <laughs> but my friend Tommy who still works um, in Boston sports. Now he works for NBC sports and he covers like the Celtics and everything. Tommy Giles, his shout out. He's amazing. We were in school together and he was like, that's not necessarily true anymore. Mm. Like the world is changing and he was hopeful that we we didn't have to do that because he pretty much just like, worked in this area in smaller networks and then worked his way into like the role that he has now. And he's incredibly talented. He is so smart. He knows ins and outs of everything. He's like a Bob brain. Like he just knows sports. And so, um, and he's like devastatingly handsome as well. (laughs) Um, but he was like, I don't know if you have to do that. And I remember him telling me that. And I was like, anything Tommy John says, I listen to because he's handsome. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But I was remember being like, maybe I don't have to do that, but all the while I'm still working. Right. I'm still working. And I was comfortable. People loved me. I was reliable. I did a great job. Mm-hmm. Networks would come to the city and request me. They'd be like, we need Megan on the staff. Like whatever role is open, put her on the staff. I was going down to Jersey and New York City and I was working the A-10 finals and March Madness and I was doing all this really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was working for the Bruins and the Patriots and the Revolution and like all of that was Jesus. happening. And I was like, well, I could also be really happy here. Maybe I'm not going to be talent. I did the, I did the bean pot on, on air. I did this, I did that, but yeah. like, maybe that was my shining moment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I started to limit myself. And the second I started to limit myself, I got like, Whoa, wait, why am I limiting? I've never limited myself right. before. What am I doing? Right. And it was fear. And then it was also like, is this my true passion? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if I'm not going like, you know, all in head first, like no, you know, don't even know how deep the water is. Mm-hmm. then is this really for me? And I think that was the time where I was like, what are the other things that are driving me? Cause I love, I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And at that time, fitness was kind of this like part-time thing for me. Right. And, um, ironically at that time, the, um, the, I think the NHL went on strike a player strike for like a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months. And we all were out of work. Right. Yeah. So we were like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started to get nervous and I started just applying to job jobs like everywhere. So I got a job at like a software company and I was living in like New York city. And I was like, Oh God, like this is, I don't want to sell software. I mean, I could sell you literally anything if I wanted to, but I didn't want to, I made like made two sales in like a year. Like it was so sad. But then I was always thinking like, do I go back to TV Mm -hmm. and fitness was so part-time passion and so like important to me that like, I was like, but you don't make money in fitness. And like, what, am I going to go work at Equinox again, which I had worked out yeah. in Miami? Like, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? And so I decided that I think my time in television had come to an end almost out of necessity mm. because for me to get back into it, I would have hit a ceiling again. Mm. I would have had to have the same conversation with myself and potentially Tommy who'd be like, don't move to North Dakota, move to North Dakota, like whatever. Yeah. And I was like, you know, no, like that's, that's, I think I'm done there. And then it became fun. If I got called to do a conference final. I would go in for a weekend, have a grand old time. And you're jazzed about it. I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, because so, you're not beating yourself to a pulp doing it.
1: Right, because yeah. that's the other thing. The work environment is really hard. You work yeah. every single day, nights, weekends, holidays. That's when you're watching sports. Yeah, right. Like Super Bowl. Nope, you're at work. Um, New Year's Day, Frozen finals at Fenway Park outside, <gasps> negative 15 <laughs> degrees. I'm not a fan. I'm up there in the box with like a small space heater at seven in the morning, like hot
0: chocolate. <laughs>
1: barely, if you can get it hot to you by the Time it gets up there. And so I was like, okay. And then I was missing things. I was missing out on family stuff. I was missing out on a lot of things. And I was looking at my coworkers, and so many of them were like middle aged guys on like their second or third marriages. And like, you have to wonder. I'm not going to generalize. You have to wonder if the job played a role in that, you know, in those moments for them. So I started to really value like other things. And that's like, there were a lot of reasons why I left broadcast, but those would be probably most of them. And then I met Clyde Sims and he wanted to open a spin studio with me. And that was kind of like it. (laughs) And that's that's the most general way. That's how it all ended. (laughs) Yeah. A great question from Julie, though. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Jules. Because she was there for all of it. She was at Northeastern. She was working. She came on to work at Fenway in the Ambassador like program, um, like a couple years after I started. And so she was very like, I was always like filling her in, and she was seeing like my personal life shifting. And so she was she was always there. So thanks, Julie.
0: Yeah. So that actually is a great segue into. We're not going to talk actual Vanderpump, but oh my gosh, this. This is like, I didn't this study. <laughs> this is the whole, again, the theme of community with you. It's so funny. Like, so yeah. when this whole Vanderpump thing broke, mind you, I've watched Van, Vanderpump started when I was, I think a junior in college. Okay. So like I have grown with Vanderpump, like Vanderpump has been. So you were an early adopter. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yes. And like, I've seen it. It's clear. Cause you know, everything. <laughs> I was so impressed. So when the whole had dropped, whatever. Meg was on Instagram and she's like, guys, what the fuck are we talking about? I need subject matter experts. We need to go live, I think. I think we need a press conference. And I immediately DM'd her. I was like, I can be that guy. I was like, I'm happy to be that guy. No joke. I literally, you know this, but I'm telling them. Yes made printouts, cutouts. We made a bulletin board yes. to like whiteboard out who is who, why this is so fucked up and it. all this shit. But so as I'm messaging Meg, I'm like, I got it. She's like, okay, but I, I have two other people who are also claiming to be messaging so matter experts. I'm like, we're all jumping on. <laughs> we're all doing it together. So I had met Julie before through revs. Like mm. we take a spin class before. I'd never met Maria before. Oh, I love Maria. And uh. we don't even, re- we weren't even, I don't think following each other on mm. Instagram in general. So when we went live about Vanderpump, that was the first time I had ever met or interacted with Maria. I love Maria so much. Yeah. And so fast forward to now. So we now have a group chat on Instagram called Team Ariana. Yes. Which I, <laughs> The three of us, like we've, we've talked about it. I'm Like I feel so bad for Meg sometimes. No. You must just get bull. We it's Don't every feel day. Bad. It's, it's every day. Like it's all day. my joy. All we do is send each other like I think you're the only and... one with
1: messages on my actual DMs right now. is from <laughs> you guys. But it is it's sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, no, yo. no. You're fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so like we were just like poor Meg just along for the ride on this thing. I love but it. We so like but fast forward to now. So my birthday, we came here, we started with the Saturday sixty. Yep. Me, Julie, Maria, and Paul went out to, oh, to breakfast. I love that so for much. My I, I love that like, so much. So not only I mean you bringing the community together. But yeah, Vanderpump just ties all things together. Yes, but. I feel like Lisa. <laughs> I,
1: mean, like, I mean, what is it oh, name? Did Ziggy, Ziggy die? Did Ziggy die? Jiggy. Jiggy, yes. sorry. <laughs> get it right. I just Just feel like Lisa and Jiggy. Yes. Um, no, I appreciate that. I loved it so much because in that moment, not to like dwell on it for anyone that's like, what are you guys talking about? I wanted to go live on Instagram because when I don't know something that's so publicly going on, my anxiety is like find <laughs> out, but also make a joke out of the fact that you don't know it. Yeah. So let's just go live on Instagram with three subject matter experts, <laughs> including Melissa with her whiteboard and her cutouts of faces. And Julie had her glasses on and she was ready to go. Yep. And Maria was so on it. And like, I was mm-hmm. so impressed. I didn't know we could do four of us live on Instagram Honestly, either. I mean, either. No clue. We had over 35 to 50 people watching at all times during that. I'm drinking wine with toddlers crawling all over me but i like i got a great education in it I think it set me up for, like, listening to, you know, Alex Cooper talk about it and, mm-hmm. like, like all of these, like, relevant... It, it, to me, it was, like, when everyone was watching some... Maybe, like, uh, what was the show with the Dragon Mother? Um, oh, Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. I okay. was so on the outside of that. Yeah. And now I'm on the inside. Yeah. This is my Game of Thrones. Yeah, we pulled the curtain back Thank for you for doing that for me. <laughs> oh and the God. fact that you guys actually enjoy each other and, like, see each oh other God, and yes. interact and have fun and have become friends means the world to me. Yes. That, that, to me, is, like... I, I, that's all I want. I just yeah. want, I want really good people from my life who don't know each other to come together, like, and just like love on each other. Yes. And it worked really nicely. So it
0: really did. It yeah. Was so nice. I love it. I love that stuff. So great.
1: I love it. I love it. And then you guys came in and wrote again too.
0: And yeah. With Lisa Leslie. It was so fun. Um, yeah. Happy birthday. That was <laughs> wild. That was wild. like, so yeah, so we went, we went to breakfast and then Julie and I both went home and took a nap. Uh, Maria couldn't come to the second ride, but we went to the second ride, um, at Copley, which was a revved Jelenu collabo, which was Mm -hmm. amazing. I literally, when you guys released that, I (laughs) messaged you. I was like, you are the fucking balls. Like I am so (laughs) proud of you. Like if you went back and told your like 15 year old self, Mm. like you're going to own a boutique or a series of boutique spin studios and do a collaboration with four time Olympian Lisa Leslie. I
1: haven't even thought about that.
0: Yeah. It's like, like, (laughs) Like, yeah, let's take a,
1: let me nourish myself on that
0: because I'm sure you've, especially in the last six months, year, however long you guys have been planning all this stuff. mm -hmm. It's like, go, go, go. You're doing the project. You're in it, whatever, but literally zoom out. And that's, I don't know. Do you, do you know? Human design? Do you
1: know? Your human design? So I'm, I'm getting fed things about human design right now. And one of my friends, Crystal, is like a human design okay. like expert. Yes. So I watch her stuff a little bit. But i oh my god, I'm, so I'm, I know less about that than I do Vanderpump Rules. Right okay, now. we just talk about.
0: Yeah. We need to talk to Crystal yeah. I'm. So I'm like, I'm not as knowledgeable about human design, but I'm in like the weeds in it now. And yeah, I'm like, so I'm I'll trying... connect you guys. She's local. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So. I am a. it's based on your birth chart, like when you were born, what the stars looked like and where they were in the sky. So it's not like an Enneagram test where you're taking a test and you're answering questions a certain way. It's okay. literally what the sky was, where the planets were in what zodiacs at the time you were born. And like from where, so I was born in Natick Mass, what the sky looked like in Natick Mass. So not in California, not in anywhere else. Oh, it's like, wow. this is what the sky looked like when above you, were born. you. Yeah. So I'm a human design projector, which okay. means like I very much like, I zoom out and I like really like to look at things from the higher level. You have like generators who love to be in the weeds and like do the Mm. work, do the work. Then you have manifesting generators who are kind of like a combination of like a little bit of thinkers, but also doers and whatever. So as a projector though, I was going to say, where was I going with this? As a projector zooming out, where was I going with this? What were we just talking about before? I don't even know. Um, we are talking about oh no, the can, Lisa Leslie yeah Lisa Leslie no oh, literally yeah, so that's yeah. that's Sorry. So, <laughs> that's like my that's like I really catch myself doing that a lot of like mm-hmm. whoa pause and zoom out and yeah. I mean as a project manager I have to do that as on a professional so level you're to, your job but yeah. it's like literally zoom out and be like wow like a look at what I helped build mm-hmm. this just for what it is incredible. But then now like the whole panel, I was blown away by the whole conversation with the whole panel. Um, Crystal Haynes is also going to be on the pod. (gasps) Oh my God. Um, Yeah. I know. Shout out. Shout out to Crystal. I'm so magic. She's magic. But like everybody on that, on that panel, it was like so fascinating to just hear how they're contributing and hear like, Gaps that I never even knew that there were mm-hmm. like dream big, the foundation that we raise money for. They're doing insane. Amazing. I not know. Callan ran the marathon for them and I knew like generally what they were doing. Yeah. But then what was her name? Linda, Linda Driscoll. Linda Driscoll yeah. Like She's to hear amazing. her literally say like, no, if a girl has a basketball practice on Thursday and she doesn't have sneakers, like sub- submit something to us, we'll get sneakers to her. I'm yeah. like, Oh my God. Like so I didn't even intense. think of it on that scale yeah. or level. It's as big or as small as, as the need is like yeah. they're
1: incredible. Yeah.
0: So cool. Yeah. It so was such like, a great day but that's also again zooming out like look at those people you've surrounded yourself with mm. like holy shit and i'm so lucky to be associated with you that then i get to benefit from oh yeah that circle of influence
1: like so freaking cool thank you well thank you and like thank you to my to my point like you know when we first kicked off like that's what i need to do is say like Hey, you did that, you yeah. know, and like alongside with my team. Right. Mm-hmm. So the team, none of that happens mm-hmm. with just me. Mm-hmm. And like, I would never, and, but what I will say is getting to know all the women that were on that panel, Amy from juicy greens, who is yes. just like, Oh my God. How, how does she, she, how does she do everything? Queen,
0: that she does? Queen. <laughs> she's she amazing. Is not only running a business, but she's literally empowering and educating her whole team. Yeah. Like Yep. And it's something that so many more people need to hear. Like, so she, where did she immigrate? She was from Columbia, Columbia. Yeah. She came, she didn't know any about that. I know. Um, Okay. But she came here didn't know any English. She Mm -hmm. herself learned English. She's now started a business and Mm -hmm. she's hired people that also were not at that advantage of knowing English. Where, like, if you go somewhere and someone doesn't speak fluent English, it's like put yourself in their shoes for four seconds. Like I took French for a really long time if I had to go to France and like work a customer service job, people would fucking punch me in the face. Mm, Like, it's so hard. And we don't think of it. And like, I, my husband, God love him. Like he works with all, um, basically the whole crew is Portuguese Mm. and they're always, he's like, I feel so bad. He's like, they literally like, sorry, sorry. Like my English isn't great. And he's like way better than my Portuguese. Yeah. Hello. Like, shit. So we take it for granted. We really do. Mm -hmm. And it was like a really cool, humbling perspective to hear from her and all the things that she's doing to help empower, the people that come in and work for her, even mm. her students or her students are like, yo, let me get that smoothie. Yes. I'm like, fuck yeah. Well, like, She's nourishing
1: people yes. with like <clears throat> in their minds and their bodies. And, and she's made that her full mission. And it's so clear. Like when I see a business owner live their mission, mm. I am like, Oh, it's just like butter to me. It's just like so nice to yes. see because it's not forced. Yeah. She is, there's nothing forced about that woman. See. She's also a mother of five children. Like, that's the other thing. Like, an and like every time I, there was like a, during COVID, like I would see her and like a year later I would see her, I'm like, oh my God, is this the same pregnancy? No, 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 it's another baby. Oh my God, you're amazing. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, maybe people thought that way about me too because it was like all during that time. But, yeah. but she's amazing. She's a full time educator. She's a full time business owner. She's a full time mom. She's got an amazing support team. And she's the first to be like, oh, best hire I ever made was my personal assistant. And I'm like, yes. why have I been weathering away without one of those? <laughs> right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yes. what am I proving? No, right. like my life is so big. I need a personal assistant. Yes. Right. And, um, I got one and then she was like so incredibly smart. She was our co-op and now she's like running the business. So I need another one. So I'm hiring personal assistants. Right? Yes. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh my God. I'm like, very seriously. I'm looking for somebody to start at the end of the summer. But, <laughs> but Amy told me that she was like, oh, why would you not yes. like, what are you trying to prove? Like, you need someone to handle all that stuff, professional and personal. Um, and so no, but that panel was amazing. And I appreciate what you're saying by saying, like, look at, look at your 15 year old self. Like, Oh my God, 15 year old Megan would have been like, no way. You're a liar. You're a liar for having everything that I have in my life. Right. Right. And so I think what, what grade are you in when you're 15? You're like freshman, freshman. Yeah. God, the things I was worried about back then. like, geez, mm-hmm. um, luxuries at this point. But, but no, like I, I'm, I'm grateful for the success that I have because it's not just mine. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone that got to come that day because you knew me that you came to that event, like you left with something massive, mm-hmm. many things I'm sure. Totally. Um, Lisa Leslie got something out of being there that day. She told me that and she doesn't have to say that right. like, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like she wanted to be there. In fact, we're probably throwing another event together in the next couple of weeks because we were so moved by it. Um, you know, Crystal Haynes has been a friend of ours for years, like friend of the studio, friend of mine, mm-hmm. funnel mother. She's like reworked the journalism industry totally. from like a diversity standpoint yeah. and has proven that stories about people who are people of color and of, of different backgrounds and, and different, you know, economic back are worth the news. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. And we should be talking about these things. And I'm literally so impressed with her and Linda Driscoll, obviously like, you know, we could go on and on. So, yeah. so a panel like that, someone asked me like, well, what's the, we were working on the PR angle. They're like, well, what's like the, what's the thread here? And I was like, I literally can only tell you that it's just like badass women doing things in their <laughs> worlds. And she was like, yeah, fair enough. Like That's great. I- <laughs> You know? And I was like, and I was so nervous because I'm like, how do I even kick this conversation off? I didn't even. Have, did you see? I didn't interview anybody. They just went. Lisa <laughs> talked. Linda talked. They Crystal talked. Amy talked. And I just was like,
0: and they all thank you <laughs> so nicely.
1: <Like>, I know. <laughs> thank you. I was like, you guys made my life so easy because not gonna lie, I was also personally very. Is it cool if I brag for a second? Yeah, absolutely. That day was long for me.
0: Yeah. Sixty minutes spin
1: session. Forty-five minutes spin session. Set up for the event. Yeah. Teach forty-five minutes for that event, and then interview four very famous, incredibly influential people, including a four-time Olympian, <laughs> like. By the time it was two p.m., I, I did more. I did more that day than some people do in their whole lives. So it's like literally. I was like, okay. So when they just carried it, I said, "Girl, carry this!" Absolutely. Like I was so ready for it, and it really worked out nicely. But yeah, like to kind of answer your initial question, like the fifteen-year-old Megan wouldn't have believed it, but would have been so excited. That's the thing. Like maybe she would have believed it. She just never would have thought that it would actually happen, right? Because right? right. when you're a kid, you're like, I want to do all these amazing things. And I, as a kid, I wasn't like incredibly forward thinking i was very in the moment i was very much like what am i having in this moment and like who's around me in this moment oh, I'll go to college probably and like, right. and I'll like get a job probably. But yeah. like, I wasn't like, I will be the president of the United States. Right. No. Or I will be, you know, a business owner. I wasn't thinking those things and like kudos to kids that have big, big dreams, like further not down sure. the road. But I was like, just trying to put gas in my car and go to my friend's house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and get like B's. Like I was like, not this
0: like ex- no. excellent student. So a in college, I, my mantra was C's get degrees. Yeah. Girl. And B well, I mean, but also like if you need higher grades to like stay in a program or get a scholarship, but then also communications I, <laughs> yeah, literally communications majors, yeah. but then the other thing too, I found a book that I, a book that, you know, like when you're in elementary school and you like write a book and they publish it for you and it's yes. a little hardcover thing. I love do you know that. what I wanted to be? No. Oh. You want
1: to be a waitress? I wanted to be a waitress. Because it's so fun.
0: It's fun, yeah. I guess. And and I you time, could to go to really different. But you,
1: but you also probably knew a waitress, and you probably yeah. went to a restaurant and loved her so no, much for like, So cool and fun, and, yeah. yeah. And food is exciting, yeah, and like, oh, and have it. you been a waitress? No, you never, I never was a waitress. So you learn a lot about life when you're a waitress. Like I'm, I was a waitress and a bartender, and I was like, sometimes I think about going back because, yeah. it's just, it's it is consistency and it is, you can be very good at it and Mm -hmm. there's a whole world there, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, You would never have thought project manager for a a university. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's really, I mean, I didn't even have that thought. I think I wanted to be a bus driver because I loved how the door opened and closed. (laughs) Like that was my jam. So there you go. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As a kid. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well. What else do you got? Anything? Have you got any questions for me? Oh my gosh. I feel like
1: we've covered so much. I know. You asked me what was off limits and I'm wondering like, was there anything burning for you that you were like, I wonder if she'll go there today?
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I'm more so just, I kind of asked that especially with like mental health stuff. Oh yeah. like, can be super triggering for people like to, yeah. if they don't want to go. But I know that you've been open about talking and I'm super appreciative of that. Of and course. I'm also so appreciative too, of like, and I don't know if it, if you had a, would have classified it as any sort of like postpartum depression, if mm. you had that or experienced it, even if you just had depression in general amongst having kids, like that's, that's been something for me, especially since I went through the whole burnout thing that like mm. now I'm married and like people are like, Oh, when are you going to start having kids? First of all, none of your business. Yeah, right. Second of all, kids, and I, and I tried to play the game of like, so we got married. June, 2021. But then we had our bigger wedding, October, 2022. I was like, I got yeah. another wedding to get through yeah, Then yeah. we got married and then I was like, I got a marathon. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, no, now I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, I, but I appreciate you. And there's been a few other people that have come out and been like very open about like, yeah, I did have postpartum depression mm. and it did was super shitty and it sucked. And it's like, yeah, but I, and again, I don't think it's crawling out of it or getting on the other side of it, but it's like, I faced it. I'm handling it. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to heal from it, and like that gives me hope, and that that blazes a trail for me to know that like, yeah, it could happen. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not going to negate that. We're not going to say like you'll be fine. Like we're going to medicate you, whatever. It's like no, like it might likely will happen. I have baseline depression, Mm -hmm. but it's like seeing women who handle it, Mm -hmm. and like, and it's not even I don't know. Like I said, it's not a matter of like getting to another side of it. It's just like facing it, taking it head on it gives like people like me and I'm sure other people who have not had kids yet, if they choose to or want to, or whatever their decision is. But, but knowing that it's, it's always been this like big scary dark cloud of like, oh postpartum, blah, blah, blah. Like, will I be a
1: mess? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, um, I can say something about that too, because my depression was actually like antepartum like during pregnancy mm, was, was the worst of it. The mm, darkest days for me, pre pandemic were like, being pregnant felt mm-hmm. so wrong in my body. Mm-hmm. And like, I would, I, I threw up every day for yeah. both of my pregnancies and that's a miserable way to start and finish and, yeah. and like have the middle of your day. Like oh, poor Clyde, I'd be in a meeting and I'd be like eating a subway sandwich and then running down the hallway to like yeah. vomit. And he'd be like, cool. Like, <gasps> you know, or like my husband would just like, there's, he has a lot of videos on his phone of me just like pull the car over and I'm like out the door, oh. just like dry heaving. Cause there's nothing in me. Right. So Awesome. So that was like depressing. But what I also recognize was chemically your brain changes during pregnancy. And some of those things, um, go back to what they were before, but others stay changed forever. Right. Mm. Just because that's how chemicals work. Some and things it's like temporary. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes it's temporary. Sometimes it's a forever change, Like mm-hmm. right? Like forgetfulness, like you actually will not remember things like you did prayer. So like, yeah. but it's also because of like the stress and concern that you now have about other people right. in a way that's very biological. Yeah. So when I was pregnant, it sucked because I was sick every day and I was also chemically unbalanced and The moment Malachi and Mia, both of them exited my body, I was snapped back into being like my more of myself than I had been for the nine, 10 months that I was pregnant. And I felt the change, really felt the chemical change in my brain. And everybody was terrified to come visit me in the hospital after I had Malachi because I was such a bitch when I was (laughs) pregnant that when they walked in the room, like you can ask like anyone that came to visit, they were like, oh my God, she's Cause she's like, she's, that's wild. it was very, it was very alarming wow. for a lot of people in my life. Like I think Matt for many moments, but like, <laughs> what, what did I do? And like, I was irrational and upset and angry. And that's, those are things that I'm probably irrational, but not usually upset and angry. So, yeah, yeah. so, um, I experienced both of those things. And then majority with Mia, it was a, a Uh, pregnancy during the pandemic and it was just a very dark depressing time because Mm -hmm. I couldn't be around people. I didn't get to travel for the holidays to see our family. I spent like Thanksgiving alone. Like it was Mm. literally so devastating. So those really, really dark days, I, you know, talked to my doctor about, got onto some medication. Mm-hmm. My OBGYN was the one that prescribed. I'll get real, real about this. Yeah. I went to her. So doctors are doctors, right? If you feel like that doctor doesn't cover the, what's going on in your brain, you're wrong because if they don't have an answer for you, that what they do is called a referral. You're not bothering yes. them by telling them that you're sad. Correct. Like you could, yeah. you could be going to like your physical therapy point. And be like, I'm just really sad. They'll be like, okay, because they're, what they should be doing is worried about your overall holistic wellness. Right. If, a, they if they're a good sure. doctor,
0: right. Yeah. They're not treating symptoms. They're looking for root causes.
1: Yes. And you're also not going to fix that like ankle break if you're super, super sad. Like you will heal faster and better and for longer if you have happiness and joy in your life. It's just like, it's just facts. It's literally biological, biological. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I told my OB, I was like, I want to drive into the other side of traffic. That was how I Mm -hmm. felt this morning. How are you doing today? And she was like, well, let's do something about that. And I was thinking that she was only worried about like basically my chest and lower, right? She wasn't worried about my head up top. Yeah. And so she said to me, she was like, listen, everybody has um, an army of fighters in their brain that take on all of the stresses and all the bad stuff in life and they're just there and like you're born with them and you have a certain number there are times in your life where you need more fighters And you call them in, whether it's medication or therapy or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. In my case, it was Zoloft. And I called in the Zoloft fighters and they added to my army to help me manage what I was dealing with. And I'm a proud person. I'm proud to say I took medication and I took it while I was pregnant. Have your opinions, right? But my daughter's incredibly healthy and she has a really, really well-balanced and happy mother, right? So it's like, so, and that was my journey do, do what's good for you. Yeah. Um, but I, that was my journey and that was helpful that and also talk therapy. Right. And so I, I just got some more fighters in the team.
0: Like I love that analogy so much. It's so helpful, it's isn't so it? So helpful. Cause it's then when you start talking helpful. about like, n- like norepinephrine and serotonin mm-hmm. and receptor blocked your thing, whatever they are,
1: like SSRIs and yes.
0: like all these things where it's like, oh, they're blocking the receptors, whatever. I like that analogy so much better because it's yeah. so true. There's adding
1: to that like the party needs to have a couple more like bodyguards at, yeah. you know what I mean? Like let's I love go, it. because you already have them, right. you know, like it's already something that we have. And, and it doesn't matter if I have 50 and you have 75, right. I needed 50 until today yeah. and now I need 75. So I'm not going to get them from you, like, unless you're a pharmacist, right? (laughs) So, so to me, it was getting over the stigma of, of like medicating or asking for help or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the journey takes you to. But it was also knowing that, God, I have lots more to live for, you know? And like, I've got these kids and this like husband and this family and like, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a sister. I have three brothers and a sister and like, they would be devastated if I wasn't around, you know? Um, maybe they wouldn't have felt that way as kids, but, no, yeah. I know they would be. but like, I was like, oh no, no, like I'm supposed to be here. And for the first time, when you realize that you're actually supposed to be here, a lot of us realize that when we think that we might not want to be here, yep. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can relate, yes. And so when we get there and we go, mm, I don't know if I want to be here. And then you actually get. That moment of like, no, no, no I do want to be here. Mm-hmm. It's like, really, yeah. We you're get me emotional. no, 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 no. I and I and <laughs> no, I, but, but, but I want though. to because I want you to know you're not you're not alone in that. And yeah. anyone listening that's ever felt like they didn't want to be here, um, you do need to be here because, by the way, that's the balance yeah. and that's the maths on that. <laughs> yeah. um, and and those moments where you feel that way are also then followed up by I, I should be here yeah so
0: no it really is such a beautiful moment when you realize that it's just like the whole saying light dawns on marblehead like truly it's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you're just like oh shit no I, I am like yeah. there's so many days where you're like if I didn't wake up tomorrow
1: yeah whatever I'm you know, good with it like Do you know what's really crazy about that though? And not crazy. I shouldn't use the word crazy because we, yeah, obvious, obvious, no coincidence. (laughs) Um, I was listening to Mel Robbins podcast and she's so awesome. And she, her son Oakley is like 17 at the time that he was on her podcast. And like, did you listen to that episode where he, he was struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah. He was sharing his like big, like scary thoughts about not being here anymore. And she regulated it so well being like no, no, everyone has those thoughts. You're you like that doesn't mean that you are about to take that next step into like the the you can't go back from step. You know what I yeah. mean? And she was like, just so you know, they're scary because it's a threshold that you haven't reached yet. And everybody has those thoughts. And then he followed it up with saying, like, do you wanna live in a universe where that is something that you do? Do you want to live in a world where that is something that you that happens. Right. Whether it's that big ultimate terrible decision or any decision that you make, what kind of universe do you want to live in where those things are true? Right. And I was that really brought me recently. I listened to it last week. That mm. brought me to a place because I was going through it last week and I was like, you know, then I got food poisoning on top of it. And I was like, these are all the signals, like <laughs> slow, slow the fuck down. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh wow, I'm so grateful that I popped that one on. Yeah. Because Um, yeah, one of of your guides. Yeah. Right. I would, I would say so that's, there was no coincidence there. And, um, cause it's also like, it's not perfect after you start doing the work on yourself. I think that's the thing. Like
0: it only honestly gets messier. Yeah. But it's like, it's like when you clean out your closet. It's like oh you're looking God. at a hot mess and it's gonna, your whole room's gonna get messy. Is that why I get it. so mad when Matt
1: cleans because it gets messier first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, yes. like I love him then. I'm so yeah. sorry. He's just, he's just unpacking shit. That's <laughs> he what he's is, doing. He um, no, but it is true. And I think that's important to share because I hadn't thought about it that way. I hadn't thought about the fact that a lot of people have those thoughts. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't make it less big and scary, no. but like a lot of people have those thoughts. They're very normal to have. It's just about regulating it and, and giving yourself the grace of saying, then no, I should be here. Yeah. I should be here because even if for one little reason, yeah then it's, there's probably a, hundred like, it's like you have one mouse in the house. There's probably a yeah. One reason to be here. There's a hundred reasons behind that wall.
0: I love that. Yeah. Yes. No. Thank and you. that's like, and I think that's what for, to bring it literally all full circle. It's like, and that's why I hope these episodes of this podcast help people like figure out their life signature because it's like the world needs it. Mm. Like whatever you're serving, whatever it is, we need more of it. Yeah. And everybody was put here f- like for a purpose. And I, I don't, I I hate to say like, you need to find your purpose. You need to find your passion. Cause it's like, you're going to, you're, yeah. you're going to like plinko your way through life. And like, you might be doing it right now You might and be. then doing another one later. Like, right. you know, like, that's how I feel too. And you can like boomerang on things in life. Like not the, I mean, yeah, the Instagram app forwards and backwards, but mm. like uh, now that I'm back at BU, someone called me that they're like, Oh, we got another boomerang cause I came back to BU. Yeah, but that's great. But it's yes. And it's great. And it's like, and I don't even know, like I could, if someone said like, what is your life, passion and purpose? Like, I still don't even think I could put my finger on it, right. but it's like, but it, I think for right, me right now, it's elevating these conversations mm. and like getting people to, I think the world becomes a happier place when people are happy with themselves. Mm. And I think helping people figure out how to be happy with themselves, whether that means acknowledging that you're going to have shitty days, like mm. just something as simple as that of like, every day is going to look different. You're not going to be this like happy go lucky skipping around right. human every single day. Right. But like what fills your cup? And mm-hmm. like I saw this um <laughs> this TikTok or this reel or something. I saw something else that was like, anytime I said that I read something recently, it actually means I watch a TikTok. That's okay. But I'm like, with you. No. I'm with you. I gotta get back on it. But and- <laughs> there's this awesome visual where this girl has this cup of water. And she's like, "This is you, and this is your life, and like all the goodness in it." She's like, and then she has a spoonful of dirt. And she <gasps> oh, throws this it in. is the one I saw? Yes, yes. it's so. Okay. good. Keep, keep going. That's she so dumps good. the dirt into the cup, and the water gets all muddy and gross. And she has the spoon, and she's like, "And this is you stirring up all the shit." Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. "Put the spoon down. Let the dust settle a little bit." She's like, "But then you can't try to like take the spoon and get all the water or get all the dirt out. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. The only way that that water becomes more clear is if you pour more water into it yeah. and let that." goodness overflow. Mm -hmm. And there's that. And then Rachel Hollis, who's another, she's like good with Mel Robbins too, but she had a very similar one where it's like, you are a vase. Think of yourself like a vase and your vase is filled with all the things that bring you joy, make you happy, all the good things. If you're constantly trying to like pour out a little bit onto everybody else. You do do a little tip, do a little drip. Eventually Mm -hmm. that vase is going to fall over and it's going to shatter. You need to fill the vase with all the goodness so that it fills to the top and it overflows onto other people. That's so
1: smart. So
0: good. And so that's kind of like the whole main objective with this is like shedding light on the fact that life is messy and it's shitty. And it's in Mm. those shitty moments that like, you're never going to see it at the time. But now again, take 10,000 steps back. Like, Holy shit. Look at us go. We are still here and we are still serving our purpose and Mm. we're figuring out the signature every single day.
1: I love that. And yeah, well, I just appreciate you creating this platform because I think We're this is you're coming into podcasting at a very unique time where this is more relevant than ever before. Mm. So I think like this has this is one of your callings for sure. And you have many dynamic callings. And so I'm just like grateful that you asked me to do this. And I'm also like grateful that like the conversation went the way that it did because I feel so nourished right now from it. Like this is really yes, I feel like incredibly like loved too. So thank you. This was really fun. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I appreciate you so much and It did. I not to say that I didn't want you to be the first person on the pod, but it Mm. kind of shook out schedule wise that you were the first person on the the pod. But it's also like you've been such a huge role model to me in the last like uh, in the last decade of me going through all this shit and know that this place and I'm probably going to get emotional again. Like and I've told you this before, like Mm. in some of the darkest times of my life, like I turn here and I find myself in that dark room with myself and just myself and obviously everybody else in the room, but it's like, I've cried in this room so many times. Like, like even when we were doing like the, the fundraiser for like the hurricane down in Florida and it's just like to see this community come together. It's so great. But just you as a person in general, like you've been a very big role model for me and you're always the start before you're ready. Like start before you're ready. And that's what I had to keep telling myself about this. I bought this podcast equipment a year ago Mm -hmm. and it sat in my office and it's done nothing. And shout out to Mooch who lit the fire under my ass and Good. was like, "I want you to thank record you Mooch. the trailer." Yeah, literally, <laughs> thank you, Mooch. So I literally did. I pulled all the shit out. I recorded the trailer. We made a quick little thing on Canva for the cover, and we're just fucking doing it. I
1: mean, it's so amazing the like, fact that you just like threw it together like that. It looks so professional because it is. You're incredible. Like, no, I, I I think you're. I think that you're doing like a really important thing here. So keep it going. Oh my God. I love it. I'm so excited. I want to hear everything. I want to hear about everyone who's coming on and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. That's a wrap.
0: This episode was created and produced by Melissa Dudek with music by Lord Uncle Dave and Tag Team. Be sure to tune into the next episode where we get to hear from Kelly Whitaker Cummings, who is a chief instructor at Barry's Bootcamp and has run more marathons than the number of years she's been alive. Yeah, you heard that right. I'm Melissa Dudek. Thanks for listening to Signature Witch.